0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Camille. So we are in a series called Fast Forward, which is about fasting, which some of you may uh, think to yourself, maybe you're a, vet, a visitor today or a guest, and thinking, like, fasting. What are, we, what are we talking about with fasting? You know, fasting is not eating food for a period of time for spiritual reasons, for spiritual purposes and gains. And you might think, like, you know, it's Christmas week, Coming up, like we're baking cookies, we're getting ready for big meals, like are we still going to be talking about fasting even Christmas week? is not this seem like sort of bad timing, tone-deaf preacher, that kind of thing? And here's the thing, At, by the end of the message, I think I'm going to explain to you why actually the weeks leading up to Christmas might be one of the best times to talk about fasting and that this was done intentionally and one of the reasons was leading up to Christmas might be a good time to think about, to consider, to try fasting. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to do a little review. And I do want to say that book that Camille mentioned, Celebration of Discipline, we have some copies back there. I think they're normally $25. They might still be 12 11 or 12 on Amazon. That's what we bought them for. We'll sell them for $10. It is worth 10 bucks for the chapter on fasting alone. There's 12 chapters. One of them is on fasting. And uh, more than anything else, I would recommend the chapter on uh, fasting for just kind of a good little overview and some practical uh, um, understanding of the practice. So having said that, I'm, I'm going to look at, we're going to look at the passage for today, which comes out of Matthew, and it's just two verses, Matthew chapter 6, uh, and here we go with it. Or no, it's Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. Then John's disciples came and asked him, that's Jesus, how, asked Jesus, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. So going back to verse 14, then John's disciples came and asked him how it is that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast. I got to thinking that if if you were fasting on a regular basis and someone found out about it, they might come up to you and say, why do you do that? Their question would be like, why do you fast regularly? Why do you fast a lot? If you're both Christians, churchgoers, it'd still be like, why do you do that? This passage, people came up to Jesus and his disciples and say, why don't you do that? Here in Matthew, it's, it's, the, um, it's John's disciples, the John the Baptist disciples who are asking that question. Now the, the passage is almost, they're telling this story, there's, let me slow down. In the Bible, we have four accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in Matthew, and Mark, and Luke, this story is mentioned. And the words are almost precisely the same as they tell the story, but one of the differences in the three accounts is who asks the question. So in Matthew's account, it's John's disciples, John the Baptist's disciples. If you go to Luke chapter six, the people asking the question are the Pharisees. The Pharisees and John's disciples are always fighting. It's like religious political parties of today. Like they don't agree on much of anything. But they both are like, we fast, we fast regularly, we fast often. I thought you took God seriously, Jesus. I thought you were helping people get to God, and you don't fast? And then in the Mark account, it's not John's disciples, it's not the Pharisees, it's just people. So people who are there say, why don't you fast? So the reality is everybody's wondering why they don't fast. Today we're wondering why would anybody fast? Back then, they're saying, Why don't people, if you are serious about God, why wouldn't you fast? It's like saying, So you're serious, you actually want a connection with God, you want a life with God, you want to grow in God, but you don't pray? Really? That doesn't make any sense. That's how they felt about Jesus not fasting. And Jesus' answer is, They will. The people who follow me, the people who are my disciples, the people who believe in me, they will. Now's not the time, but the time will come. They will fast. But for some reason, it has become common for people to say, we believe in Jesus, we follow Jesus, and never consider fasting. To think it's strange. And to think that if one did fast, we shouldn't let anyone know. Ever. Ever. And there are reasons for that because the Bible does highlight you shouldn't fast to try to impress people. You shouldn't let everybody know you're fasting all the time. That's not it. But there is a sense in the Bible, after Jesus left, there are stories of his followers fasting, not eating food for a period of time. So what I'm encouraging us to do as we move into 2022 is to learn to fast. Something like eat breakfast, then don't eat any more food, drink, drink water through the day, maybe even drink some juice or something else. At lunchtime or sometime in the day if you can, try to be intentional about reading the Bible or praying or listening to worship music, some way to help you focus on God as part of fasting. It's not just not eating, it's also trying to focus on God. And then maybe eating supper or maybe eating later in the evening, going through a good portion of the day without eating. One of the ways uh, Camille and I, when we fast, one of the things we like to do is still be fasting when we go to Upper Room on Wednesday night and then come home and eat a little bit is what our intention is. Usually we eat, eat, at least me, I eat more than I should. Anyway, and then you may even want to expand to, I'm gonna eat a meal like breakfast or lunch and then I'm not going to eat food again until the next breakfast. Breakfast to breakfast, or lunch to lunch, 24 hours. And maybe I'll have a smoothie, or maybe I'll have something, you know, or maybe I'll just do water. You, you decide, but don't eat food for that much time. That's what I'm talking about. Now, some people may even want to consider trying occasionally a fast that's longer than 24 hours. Then you can look into that and what that means for you. But what I'm really encouraging is, let's learn to fast. Let's fast regularly. This is something that, by the way, it's not just like, well, Jesus said this and nobody ever listened to him for the last 2,000 years. Throughout church history, people did fast. A lot of times, people, Christians fasted two days a week. It's a normal thing. Why? And just to say clearly, there are some people that can't because they've got... Um, because of health issues, or eating disorders, or, you know, it's not not for kids to be fasting. You could find other ways, food-related ways. You don't eat meat for a period, or you don't eat um, sweets, or you don't drink caffeine. Or, hey, here's one. If you drink alcohol more days a week than you don't drink alcohol, how about don't drink alcohol for a month? That might be a good first step towards fasting anyways. And then see what it's like to be in social settings where you normally drink alcohol, and then you don't. And see, what do you learn about yourself? What do you learn about how much you rely on alcohol for things instead of God for things? Or, so there's plenty of ways, and there's also fasting of social media, or fasting of TV. or fa- All of those are good ways to fast, and things to, to consider. But in the Bible, when it talks about fasting, it's talking about not eating food. And what I want, there are many of us who can do that, at least for like one meal out of the day. And so I want to encourage us can we learn to fast? Why? Well, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, so let me just review what we talked about the last three weeks. So in week one, we talked about fasting for spiritual breakthroughs. I'm not sure if I used that language very much, but fasting for spiritual breakthroughs, what we talked about was like in the Bible, there's a crisis. There's something bad, and and the the Bible says, call a fast, gather a sacred assembly, call the people, this is bad. We need to call out to God, we need to return to God, we need to focus on God. We're not going to eat as part of our calling on God. So that would be like a big picture of it, but it can happen in smaller ways, in smaller communities as an individual where you're stuck, where you're looking for a breakthrough, where you're longing for an answer for prayer, where you're thinking I'm entering a new season, and so you fast. That is part of, and the results are God is with in, in breaking something open or bringing something new. So this week I talked to someone who'd been praying about something for almost a year. Praying about it, praying about it, praying about it, really praying about it. And they finally just stopped. Nothing was happening. They had stopped for a, a period of weeks. Just, I'm not, I'm done. Evidently, the answer is no. And then, what they had been praying for all that time just happened. It, it just, it totally happened. And they're kind of struck by, wow, all of a sudden, it happened. And then, they recognize the timing of that they had fasted, because we were fasting, and then it happened. Now, maybe that was a coincidence, there's probably other things that contributed to it, but I can say from personal experience that I've seen that often happen. Occasionally, when it's like we are fasting for this specific thing, and then within a period of time after we're done fasting, it happens. Or, fasting, and all of a sudden prayers I've been praying for that I thought, well they're not, it's not happening, happen. I've seen that at a community level, church level, at a personal level, breakthroughs happen. That's one of the reasons we fast. Same is true about prayer, by the way. We pray, and there's more coincidences when we pray. And we don't always see the exact thing we're praying for, but we just see more of God the more we pray. And fasting is like prayer on steroids. You just, it gets supercharged a little bit. Does it always work the way you want it to? No. No. But more often than when you don't, yes. That's what this says will happen. Okay, so week number two, for another reason of why we fast, is for spiritual power or authority or wisdom, so spiritual help in ministry. And um, for, for me, um, well, I shouldn't say that. In, what we talked about that day was Jesus did this, Jesus had a pattern of he fasted, and then the power of the Spirit was released, and then he started to minister. And we looked at that day, sometimes it's when we are weak, and when we embrace our weakness, that strength happens. So for me, when I'm going into something challenging, what my mind would tell me is, I better be at my best. I better be at my sharpest in this. And when I fast, I might not be. But what I've learned is, whether it's sometimes giving a sermon or sometimes heading into an important meeting, sometimes fasting helps me realize, like, you know what? I can be at my very best, and that's not as good as having a little bit of extra help from God. I'm only so strong. But, my, but the power is made perfect in my weakness, Jesus' power in my weakness. So in the book of Acts... One of the things that happens is they they go to places that don't know anything about Jesus, and people come to know Jesus. And then then Paul and Barnabas, these missionaries, they're going to move on to another place, and they're just leaving behind this community who's brand new to Jesus. They need someone in charge, and it says they appoint elders to be in charge. And with prayer and fasting, then they appoint them. It's like to give more spiritual wisdom, more spiritual power, more spiritual authority, we're going to have fasting as part of what we do for the leadership of the church. So it could include signs, wonders, miracles, healing. That could be part of the power that gets released. But it's also just wisdom, effectiveness, greater levels of love that get released through fasting. Now, last week, week number three, we talked about fasting for spiritual growth. And I talked about in the Bible multiple times, there's this way of of sharing. We as as people have two operating systems. And there's different names that the Bible gives to it, like the the flesh or the sinful nature or things like that. But there's this operating system that that normally does what's contrary to God, or at least often does what's contrary to God. The desires are disordered. It's not that everything, all these desires are bad, it's just that it makes some of our desires, some of what we want, more important than things that should be, should be more important. It gets them out of order. Compared to the operating system that is the Spirit, that is in step with God, that is controlled by God, that has life coming through it. And the Bible says, put off, put to death, crucify the operating system that's the flesh that is doing things opposite of God, and instead put on, keep in step with the operating system that's the spirit. That's what's better. And fasting is a way where we say, hey, I'm not going to let my desires, my appetites, that that be in control and what drives me compared to God. I'm not going to let my my stomach be my God. I want God to be my God, so for a season I'm going to do practice where I don't, have something, even good things like food. I put that aside to say, I want the better thing. I want to be controlled by the Spirit. So those are some of the reasons why. Now, in 2022, we're going to have a couple initiatives on fasting that some of you, I would like some of you to be part of if you're interested. I'd like you to consider it. How about that? There's nothing, like, pressurized about this. But if we're going to learn to fast... It's helpful to do it with each other and not just try to do it on our own. I mean, I talk myself out of fasting pretty quick. When I keep my fasting totally secret, I think, you know, I wake up and I even start. I mean, like, I'm fasting. Like, I just had breakfast and now I'm going to start fasting. And, you know, a little bit in, I think of, yeah, here's the reason. Here's another reason. You know what? Maybe tomorrow will be better. Maybe next week would be better. But when I know and other people know, we're fasting today it goes better. The more declarative kind of I am about, this is what I'm going to do, the more likely I'm to follow through. So, and yet at the same time, we don't want to create this like, well, who's fasting and who's not, and how much are you fasting? We don't want to create that. So what, what I would like us to consider is, could we as a church cover every day, Monday through Friday, from January 3rd until Easter, with one or more of us fasting every day. Easter's late this year, unfortunately, but every day, <laughs> Monday through Friday, and I I would like it to be more than one, because you know somebody's gonna like not do it, or like something's gonna come up. Or, so if we have a couple people, at least we're kind of kind of covered. Now that's 75 days. That's how many Monday through Fridays there are up until Easter. Sounds like a lot, but I don't know. Can we get 75 people to do it once? Or some of us to do it twice? Or more of what I have in mind? Could su- Will some of us consider, like, I want to learn to fast, and to learn to fast, I do it every week for a while. I just fast a meal every week for a while. I'm going to pick Tuesdays or Thursdays, whatever day I'm going to pick, and I'm going to try this for a while. So we- I hope by January 2nd, we will have something that people could sign up, we won't our goal would be that we don't put our real names. You know, let's have fasting handles. I'm hoping for some creative <laughs> fasting handles to come up there that just says, you know, I, and so some of us will just like start filling in the weeks, and if we realize, hey, we're taking a week off, we go ahead and we, we take ourselves off, but otherwise, you know, we put our, our name in on, on a certain day, and then other of us, we're just going to fast once a month, and so we might look at that calendar and say, you know, I could do this day, and there's only there's nobody, there's only one person, and so I'm going to help us. Do that, there's a way that we're all in it together then, but different ones of us doing. Now, by the way, before I ever got here, this church did something like this. When you went to hire what became me, the group, the search committee, decided we're gonna, do, we're gonna fast for 21 days. One of us is gonna be fasting every day for 21 days as part of our decision of who we're gonna hire. And I think one of the, one of the people just, just said, "In okay, you guys do that and I'm going to fast the whole 21 days. And so Camille and I f- had found out about that and that really struck us like, hmm, that's attractive to be a part of a church that's that earnest in seeking the Lord. Like that was something that really was appealing to us. What I, I don't know that I've thought much about this, but reflecting on it in this sermon series, we actually said yes to a different church a bigger church in Des Moines, and I called the head of the search committee at Celebrate to tell them, you know, we're taking this other offer, and they they said, is that your final answer, and I went to say yes, and what came out was no. I'm going to tell more about that story in a couple weeks, because in a couple weeks, we're going to look at a passage that kind of ends this series but also starts the next series, but I wonder if fasting had part, that this church fasted, had part to do that led us to be here. When we were, we just, we didn't hear a clear this place or this place, we just felt like we had to decide, but I wonder if that was part of it. So, what would happen if we fast? Probably in the middle of it, I don't know if a lot will be happening while we fast. So a lot of times things happen more like after the fasts are over. But what would happen if we fast? You know, thinking about like fasting for spiritual growth, one of the one of the things that you might want to pay attention to is that it's not necessarily what's happening in the moment of fasting that gets because for instance, like I want to be more like Jesus. So I don't fast because when I fast, I'm not like Jesus. I'm grouchy, right? That could be a, r- a rationale for why you don't you don't do that because you know our bodies are, it being strong—that's a good thing. It's like then it, then stuff doesn't just come out of us, but when we fast and are weak, like what's in there, what's really in here starts to get exposed. It reminds me of that movie Liar Liar, where the guy's coming through. And he's going through and, he, and he's just like, hey, how you doing? And he's saying something nice to everybody in the office as he goes through. But then all of a sudden something switches and he can't tell a lie. And so then he insults everybody because that's what he's really thinking about everybody as he walks through. Like that's kind of what fasting is like. Oh, I'm more of a jerk than I realize. Like, oh, there's more things down here that aren't so good. But, but, I mean, I mean, before I finish with my butt, the, the, like, put this to physical exercise. Well, I want to be stronger, and I want to have more energy. But when I exercise, man, by the end of it, I'm tired. And the next day, I feel, you know, after I've lifted weights, I feel weak. Well, no. It's sort of what's building in the long haul. Same thing with fasting. And so, on one hand, yes, it exposes what's there, and we're a little bit less able to handle ourselves well. But on the other hand, we are so much more sensitive. Our spirits become, when we're fasting, so much more sensitive to God and to the things of God, into what God wants to pour into us, it's like we have less resistance for the goodness of God when we fast. It doesn't feel like it in the moment, but that's what's true. So, one of the things that I want us to consider that we can start signing up for on January 2nd, is my hope is, will we try to just fast as a church for a period of months, as a way to learn how to? And then the other thing that we, we hope to do is to have like one of those walls, like we've had virtual prayer walls, where you can post things anonymously. And I would encourage anyone who's fasting to go ahead and post every time they fast, post something. It can be like, that was really hard for me today. Or, you know, it was easier than last week. Or here's what I've learned about myself a little bit. Or, hey, there was this answer to prayer that happened. I got a text from somebody. After the first week here, and they texted me and they said, never fasted before, decided to give it a try this Wednesday, and then went to Upper Room. When I was at Upper Room, I just felt like, well, I'm just sitting there, I just decided to pray something, just started to pray, and they told me what he was starting to pray. And then Matt, who's leading, and had been singing and playing, just said, you know, I I feel like we're all supposed to be praying about this now which was exactly what the person was already praying for. So then a little more time goes by, and then they think, you know what, I think I should start praying about this, something totally different. And they start praying about something in their mind, they're praying about this other thing, and then Matt just says, I think, I think we should be praying for this now, Can, why don't you stand, spend a little time praying for this, which was exactly what he was praying. And he texts me something like, it's like this is real. right?" Well, what if you see that posted? So you could see something like, I didn't make it that day. Oh, good, I didn't, make it th- I didn't make it through either. You could see something like, this is what I'm learning about. You could see something like, this is how prayers have been answered. And we can encourage one another in fasting through hearing what each other is doing. So that's what I'd like to try January 2nd, moving forward. Will, will some of us try fasting weekly? Will some of us try fasting once in a while? But can we kind of do it together? Can we learn together? And can we fast forward in 2022? I think God will move us forward as a community, and I think we'll learn how to do it. So, for the rest of the time, just for a little bit more time, I want to go back to that passage to explain one more reason why we fast. And in my mind, a reason that's more important than spiritual breakthroughs, it's more important than spiritual power in ministry, more important than spiritual growth and maturity So this is the reason, back to that passage, Jesus said, let's look at verse 15. Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. Then they will fast. Jesus is there in bodily form. They can see him, they can touch him, they can hear him. They don't need to fast. He's there. And it goes on to say something about you can't put new wine into old wineskins, which I think has one of the applications might be that when we fast, new things can happen in new ministries. One of the reasons why I want us to be fasting forward. But it also might mean, Jesus also might be saying, there's a new type of fasting, a new motivation for fasting that's going to come. And it's gonna be, I'm taken from them in bodily form, and they will long for my presence. They will long for my presence. A new kind of. I, we want the presence of Jesus. We want the presence of Jesus to be with us, and He is with us. But we don't necessarily experience Him with us in the fullness that we could. And He has promised to come back in bodily form again someday to be the King to be the judge, to be the ruler, and to make all things right. Everything work like it's supposed to, and we should long for that. We should long for a day where there's no colds, there's no flu, there's no coronavirus, the king is here. There's no political party here, political party here, who's, you know, which is the, what's the bigger threat to democracy, conspiracies, or the people, no, there's a king. And the king rules his people not at the expense of the people, but for the benefit of the people. We should long for that. And we fast to say, come back, Lord Jesus. In fact, it talks about the bridegroom. He's talking about the bridegroom. And this is language that he uses every once in a while, symbolism. We aren't going to get into a lot of it, but where Jesus is the husband, Jesus is the bridegroom, and his church, his followers, are the bride. The very end of the Bible, the last chapter of the Bible in Revelation, it's using this imagery again about the bride, the, 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 us, the people of Jesus that believe in Jesus. And when you get to the very end of the verse, the second to last verse, Jesus says, I am coming soon. And the bride responds, amen. Yes, come, Lord Jesus. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. That's what we want. We want you to come back. We want you to come back. And so we fast on one hand to say, come back in bodily form. Make things right again. And in the meantime, we're also fasting. Come, we want more of your presence. We want to know more of your presence. We want to be close to you by your spirit. We want you to be with us even in the hard things. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. One last passage to look at. From Philippians 3, verses 7 and 8, where one of Jesus' followers, Paul, says, "...but whatever were gains to me now, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things." Nothing compares to Jesus nothing compares to knowing Jesus. Nothing. To someone who really knew him, like the person who wrote these words, there is no comparison to Jesus. There is nothing that's not worth giving up for Jesus, the one who gave up all things for us. Nothing. We just want to know him. We just want to know his presence. And and the primary reason we fast, we want to know you. We want to know you're with us. We want you. We want to show you that you are number one in our life. Nothing more than you. Nothing more than you. So fasting is an act of worship. It's an act of saying there's nothing, nothing more important than you, God. Not even food. Nothing is more important than you. And even as it's like our expression of love to God, what happens in it is we know more of his love for us. It's a strange thing. I'm saying, I'm giving up everything for you. And he responds like, let me show you. Now you will know my love even more than you did before. Which has already been here. But some things have been removed. The blocks have been removed. It's like we fast because we're saying, we are hungry for you. Our souls are hungry for you. And when we do it, it's like we get awakened that we're even more hungry than we realized. Because we've covered it up with so many things. This is why we fast. This is why we pray. And whether we can fast or not, we can have that kind of heart. We can have a heart that says, nothing more than you. I want you more than anything. You gave up everything for me. I will give up. I won't give little things up for you. Nothing more than you. Now, as the worship team comes up, Christmas time why Christmas time in our context for ever since i've known growing up we get ready for christmas by bringing more into our life and and a lot of things are are good you know more gatherings more shopping more gifts more spending money faster more noise more more we're getting cuz we're getting ready for christmas because we're getting ready to really celebrate Christmas, so we need more, we need to do more, we need to spend more, we need to go faster. And in church history, what they said is, for the weeks leading up to Christmas, we need to slow down. We need to do less. We need to fast. We need to do that because we are longing for Jesus. To come. We are making room. Come, Lord Jesus. And then for 12 days, from Christmas to Epiphany on January 6th, let's feast. Let's celebrate. Let's have a good time. But let's, before we d- get to the celebration, let's make room. Let's slow down. And it's so easy to forget that at this time of year. And so we're going to just do it now for a few moments. We're just going to slow down. We're just going to make a little space, even before we go into worshiping at the end. Just a little space to say, yeah, we love you. We want more of you. We don't even know you very well. But if you're real, if you're there, we want to know it. If you're as good as this thing, then we need to know it. Would you show us? We're just going to slow down. We're going to make room. We're going to give space. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, as we do that.